Continuing Perek Bet of Mesilat Yesharim. We started yesterday at the end of the page in Ted Zayin. It says here, Ve'ulam inezot be'emet He says, I'm about to tell you what in truth is ahat, is one of mitahbulot ha'yetzahara ve'ormato. He says, I'm about to share with you one of the strategies of the yetzahara ve'ormato. Ormato means his tricks. He's very shrewd. Cunning. That's called orma. Like it says by the Nahash. The Nahash Haya Arum. He was very cunning. Yesterday we spoke about the word Tahbulot. We spoke about the word Tahbulot that it comes from the word Hebel. Comes from the word rope. That the Yetzirah has many, many pieces in order to get to the other side, which is the person's complete destruction. That is the goal. That is where he's trying to get the person. Usually he can't do that overnight. He needs to take one little rope at a time, tie it to the next one, and before you know it, a person ends up in a place where he never imagined that he would be. This is tahbulot. The Yetzirah has strategies to destroy the person from wherever they are. Which means the strategy never changes. The end goal is always the same. The end goal is ra and destruction. No matter where the person is, there's a new plan of how to get to the end goal. He says here that this is one. He's about to introduce us to one of the ropes of the Yetzara. And he says, Ve'ormato. Again, Ormato is a different word. Tahbulot means his strategy. Where is his goal? And where he's going to go to get you there. And then ormato is something else. Ormato means that it could be very deceiving. You know, it's one thing when you fight with an enemy, that you see your enemy, you see what you have to deal with, and you fight with him. You need the strength, you need the courage, you need the plan. But it's way more difficult when you don't even realize who the enemy is. When the enemy comes to you be'orma, it means you could easily feel that your enemy is your best friend. And you could easily not even realize that you're in the middle of a battle. The best thing an enemy could do to you is make you feel like he's your friend. If he can fool you, if he can come be'orma, that's what orma means. Orma means he will come to you in a tricky way 
right, to make you feel there's no war, then he has you right where he needs you. You're done. You're on. You, once you become his friend, you will continue without any fear, confidently, with his direction. You have no problem. You have no question. You're just following along. And you're going to fall into the place where he's planning for you. So again, tahbulat means his strategy and his end goal. Arma is his appearance to you is very tricky. So he says, I'm going to tell you now one of the tahbulat and the arma of the Yetzirah in our lives. Before we see this one that he's about to tell us, it's important to know in general about this subject and how it has played out in history many times over. David al-Melech says a line in Tehillim, a beautiful line. It's a surprising line, but it's reality. He says, Va'ani amarti beshalvi. He says, and I said, David al-Melech is saying, and I said beshalvi, the word shalvi is from the word shalva. Shalva means tranquility. Ani amarti beshalvi. He says, when I was tranquil, meaning life was more or less calm, life wasn't painful, life wasn't so crazy, shalvi. Things were going good. Ani amarti beshalvi. Says the Radak. So says Radak, he's not talking about shalva in the physical sense that life was good, I was healthy, my kids were healthy, things were going well in my business. He wasn't talking about that. Says Radak, David al-Melech was talking about being tranquil spiritually. Meaning David al-Melech at a point in his life, he felt secure where he was. He felt secure in his service of God. He felt secure in his general approach to life that he was doing well spiritually. Obviously, he did probably have to fight a little bit to get to where he was. But at a point he felt, I'm good. He says, okay. In my mind, my thoughts were, That I can never sin. We're not on that level. But a person could reach a level of David Melech where he's so confident 
on his level of righteousness, his clarity of light. Look today at a great rabbi, a tremendous gadol, a great Talmud Hacham. And he has clarity. He knows right from wrong. He's educated to understand. He developed the strength to deal with the Yetzirah. He has his life in order. He knows what's right. He knows what's wrong. He knows and understands everything. David Melech reached a stage in his life when he was Beshalvi. Again, we're nowhere near that stage. We're still struggling with sometimes even basic things. But you could imagine someone who elevated themselves and has reached a level of clarity and a level of tranquility in his spirituality. Says David Melech, Va'ani amarti beshalvi. When I was in this state, I said to myself, Bal emot le'olam. I can never fall. I can never mess up. How can I mess up with such clarity and such a point in my life the way I am? That's what he says. Ki hashafti, says the Radak, because I thought, Shelo koach that there will not be strength in the Yetzirah. To sway me from the good. That means a person could be in such a good place that he feels confident there's nothing that could take me off the good way. My mind, my clarity was more powerful than my nature. My nature may have desires. My nature may want certain things. But my clarity is so much more powerful. And I was proud of such a state in my life. That I reached such a level. Until I realized Until I realized How much of your help Has been really protecting me That's what he says In the next pasuk He says Again when I was in a good place spiritually. Now, by the way, we spoke about David Melech being in a good place spiritually. It's a very high level. But everybody on their level spiritually feels comfortable on that level. I mean, we may have a hundred guys and each one is on a different level spiritually. But everyone on that level feels very secure that he's good, in a good place. So not only David Melech feels that way, everyone on their, le- on their level of Shalvi feels they're good over here. And there's no fear of them going down or going off 
They're in a good place. Next Pasuk says, Histarta Panecha. But when you hid, when you hid your face from me, Hayiti Nibhal. Meaning, I became, what does Nibhal mean? Yeah, disoriented, panic. Me, I couldn't believe how in a moment when you turned off your help from me, how quickly I felt. Follow? That's a very, very powerful pasuk. I'm going to explain to you what he's saying. Again, describing ourselves. A person reaches a level, he says, I'm good. You know, listen, I learn every day, keep Shabbat. I'm in a good place. When you start feeling you're in a good place, then what happens? Hashem takes away his, his assistance because you think that you're in a good place, so you're unstoppable. Your spiritual level is something that's yours and you own it. Hashem takes away his Ezra, his help. All of a sudden you can't believe what happened to you. What is David Melech describing? He is describing the reality that the Yetzirah, he is so powerful that you... And I, and not David Melech, is able to beat him. That's how powerful he is. And we must realize that the only way to beat him is Hashem's help. But Hashem will never help us unless we recognize that we need help. That's why it says, Ki milhama al When you go to war, against the enemy, against the Yetzirah, then Hashem will give the Yetzirah into your hands. But the minute you think there's no war, the minute you think you're good, you are not in a battle, you're, you hit a level where there's no, nothing to worry about, you don't need to grow, you don't need to learn, you don't need to go anything more. You're in a good place. The minute you think that, Hashem takes away his Ezra's help, and then you feel lost. And we've seen this throughout history. It's not a, not a Hidush. Perhaps the greatest example of this circumstance is the Egel, the golden calf. The unimaginable sin of the golden calf. You have people that lived through the miracles of the ten plagues. They lived through the miracle of Kiriat Yamsuf. Imagine, they're walking in the middle of the ocean. Sea split for them. They witnessed the greatest event in the history of mankind. Matan Torah. With all of the flavors of Matan Torah. With all of the awesome things that happened in Matan Torah. They were there. 
we hear it from them. We connect to them. They were there. They heard God speak to them. How could it be that only 40 days later, yes, they made a mistake. They made a mistake in calculation. They, they thought Moshe Rabbeinu was coming down the day. They thought it was really supposed to come the next day. Okay, they made a mistake. They panicked. But to go and make a golden calf, how is that such a possibility? There was a student of the great Mashgiah from the Mir, Yeshiva. Rabbi Yerucham, his name is. He asked his rabbi, how could it be that these people of such a, we call them Dor De'ah, they're the generation of wisdom, of knowledge. How could it be that they're making a golden cap? So this student, he writes, he says, I thought I'm going to get from my rabbi a very deep answer. I'm waiting to hear some great philosophical answer about my question. He says, he turned to me and he says, four words. He says in Hebrew, Zehu, this is Koho, the power, Shel Ayetzer. That's the power of the Yetzara. No more questions. You never have to ask a question how somebody, no matter who they are, fell into a bad place. Sometimes we're shocked when we see a person, a personality, and say, oh, how did it happen? What's the question? This is the power of the Yetzirah. That no matter where you are in life, he can bring you down and destroy you. Let's not talk about David Amelech. Talk about the 16-year-old teenager. Where he is, he feels, I'm good. You think any 15-year-old thinks he's going to become a drug addict? You think any 16-year-old thinks he's going to be an alcoholic? You think anyone dreams to be a gambler? You see so many millions and millions Hundreds of millions of people around the world that made themselves sick to the point that you look at them and you can't believe how low they've gotten. Did you think that when they were 14 and 15 and 16, they had such dreams of their future? You're talking about young men and young women in our own community. In a beautiful community with beautiful families. Is it possible that they dreamt of such a goal in life? Of course not. At 15, 16, if you would speak to them, they would be so clear that I would never become that. I would never reach that. That's called Aniya Marti Beshali. Also that. The Koho of the Yetzir, you have to know, my dear friends. The koah, the strength of the yetzer, is to take a person down no matter who he is and no matter how confident. The opposite, says David Amelech. When I became confident, 
That was the beginning of the end. If I'm 16 and I'm worried to be a drug addict, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be much more safe. If I'm confident that I'm not going to be one, I am ready. I should get ready for the slide. That's what David Amal is saying. You have to worry. That the sin of the eagle is a great reminder that nobody could be competent in their level. That's why the Mishnah says, Al ta'amin be'atzmecha. Never believe in yourself. Never think you're above the next level below you. Al ta'amin be'atzmecha. Ad To when? How much? How much do I, what level do I reach? Do I say, okay, now I'm good. Now there's no turning back. Says the Mishnah, Until the day of death. She'areh, says the Gimran Berachot says, She'areh Yohanan Gadol, Kohen Gadol. There was a man with a Kohen Gadol, his name was Yohanan. Shimesh Bekehuna Gedola Shmonim Shana. 80 years he served as a Kohen Gadol. Ulbasof Ne'aisatzedoki. In the end, he became a Kofir. In the end, he, be- he went off the derech. What? 80 years. You know what it is? 80 years to go into the Holy of Holies and come out alive? That in itself was a great accomplishment. Many Kohen Gadol, they would walk into the Holy of Holies and they didn't make it out. They, they pulled them out. 80 years he made it. That means he was a truly great person. And in the end, he went off the derech. Who knows? Maybe he became too confident that he is untouchable, unreachable. Another example in the, in the Torah. By the way, that's why the Torah is so beautiful. Who, which nation would write in their history books about the eagle. Which crazy country that's trying to teach their children pride in where they come from would tell them the story of their forefathers that after Matan Torah 40 days, they make a golden cap. They wouldn't write that in the history books of a regular country. Not if you're trying to make your country proud of who they are. But that's the emet of the Torah. The emet of the Torah is that Hashem is sharing with us important information in history because it applies to us. Hashem is not trying to sell us on who we are and where we come from. Hashem is trying to educate us and where we should be going. That's the emet. When you see a, a story like the eagle in the Torah, you say, this is Torah emet. Any book that hides the blemish is not a book that you could rely on. Throughout the Torah, you'll see, oh, look what he did. Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem tells him, him and Aharon, Ya'an, because lo he'emantembi. Since you didn't have emunah. What? Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have emunah? Moshe and Aharon didn't have emunah? What does that mean even? How can you write that? 
But that's Torah writes. You have to understand what that means. The Torah is Torah emet. It will describe to you the worst scenes in our history. Why? Because we should learn from them. Another example, the Miraglim. They chose the greatest people. Yeshua Benun, by the way, was not from the great ones. He was not the first one on the list. They were higher than him. They were listed in order of greatness. And Yeshua was not the first one on the list. What happens to them? They end up in one of the worst sins in the history of our people. Tishabi'ab began by the Miraglim. How can great people? They chose the 12 top people in Am Yisrael. Kulam Anashim. Moshe Rabbeinu chose the greatest people. How do they fall in such a, such a terrible sin? Again, simple. Because the Yetzirah never gives up on you. And it could be because you reached a great level, your confidence became too, too much, and you lost your siyata dishmaya against the Yetzirah. You should know. By the way, another example in history is a fellow by the name of Yerobam ben Nevat. I mentioned him before. He was the first king chosen by God himself to be the king of Israel. Who is Yerobam ben Nevat? Let me tell you what Hazal tells us about this man. Hazal tells us that there was not one blemish in his Torah. You know what no blemish means? See a person, no blemish? Perfect. It says all of the hachamim in his generation compared to him were like the grass compared to a tree. Look at a grass, piece of grass, a blade, and look at a tree. You see a difference? That's the difference between Yerovam ben Nevat to the great hachamim of the generation. Which means... He was the undisputable Gadolador. Gemaran Sanhedrin says that he had the ability to bring out Hidushim in the Torah that no one ever heard of. Example, the Gemara says, he had the power to be Doresh from the Pesukim in Sefer Vayikra. 130 different drashot in the same pasuk. He can tell you something on a pasuk from 130 angles. He can say you can learn the pasuk this way. right? We struggle to get one angle. Sometimes I feel good if I give you a different angle. If I come with a third angle, you say, oh, the guy's a genius. 130 angles. From one pasuk, you could look at it 130 ways. God chose him. God himself says, if we're going to have a king, then he needs to be the king. What happened to him? He's listed as one of the people in history that have no helek la'olam abba. He has no call Yisrael, yesh la'em helek la'olam abba. All of Israel has a portion in the world to come. Yerovam ben Nevat, exception. No helek la'olam abba. What? You could become the Gadol Hador. 
and lose your olam haba. Another example. Va'ani amarti b'shalvi. When you think that there's no more war, it's just a matter of time before you fall very, very badly. Unbelievable. Says, says Shilomo Amelech in Mishle. He says, you know why I wrote this book of Mishle? He says, to, well, obviously, to give us wisdom. Look at the way he says it. In the first parak of Mishle. He says, my goal, listen to these words. Latet liftaim orma. He says, my goal is to give the gullible. You know what gullible means? A gullible is a person who is a petty. Petty, he believes everything. Whatever you tell him, he believes. Who's the petty? Petty is us. Person, when the Yetzirah comes to give him advice, he buys it. He says to me, oh, you got to have that. Say, yeah, you're right. I got to have it. And I'm willing to work my whole life to get it. Gullible. Oh, if you get this, you're going to be so happy. If you do that, you're going to make it in life. He gives you all the different things in your eyes that are going to make it for you in life. If you just get that, if you just reach that, if you have this social status, if you have this acquisition, if you go to this place, if you buy that thing, how many items in our mind that in our eyes the Yetzirah has sold us that if we would just be able to reach it, we have made it. Done. That's called a petty. A petty is a gullible person. He told you that if you get in with this group of friends, he makes you believe. If you get in with this group of friends, made it. What do you do? For 50 years of your life, you try to get in to that group of friends. And then when you get in, you got to make sure that you don't lose your footing and you stay in. Because those group of friends usually, they trade friends all the time. They don't have real friendships. Depends on your status. So you have to always hold your foot strong. And you got to make sure at least that they think you have money also. You don't, actually, you don't have to have money. But they have to think you have money. This, yeah, this way, this way you have your footing because that group of people, if they realize you have no money, they're gonna, they're gonna throw you out. So now your whole life you have to work to make believe you have money. You have to go borrow for your daughter's wedding, extra money. Could have made a decent wedding, but no. You have to make a crazy wedding because you can't lose your footing and your status. You understand? Now your whole life, He's in that area and never ends, by the way. Never ends. Now you have now you're getting married. You have to marry status. Now your children, they their friends have to have status too. And now they're getting married. They also need status. You understand? Your whole life, you're in this illusion 
Your whole life you're working and you're sweating and you're frustrated and you're worried and you got to go and you got to do. Not easy to keep up your stand. All with the promise that if you land this monumental goal that I have for you, you made it in life. You somehow feel you made it when you became one of them. That's just one area. Or it can make you believe that wealth is where you need to be. If you just have wealth, you made it. You're good. And all different areas. That's called a petty. How many young people, I say young only out of respect to the people here. How many young people have the illusions in their mind that are causing them a tremendous amount of pain and suffering? How many 15 and 16 year olds right now as we speak are healthy, have everything they need in life to become something, yet are bogged down, are held down because they have these illusions that don't even matter. And these illusions are causing them such pain because they're not able to reach the illusion that the Yetzirah has put for them as the item that you need to have. How much frustration, how much depression, how much unhappiness. You think people just start drinking and taking alcohol and gambling just because their life is awesome? No, they turn to it because they're down. Why are they down? Because they made a goal for themselves. The goal is not even real. And they're looking to find how to get to the goal. And it's destroying them. And even if they reach the goal, when they reach there, there's nothing there. There's nothing going on there. It's all, it's all a facade. It's an illusion. We tell that young man, sir, you're a petty hazit. You're a gullible person. You're falling for things that don't matter. You're sweating and working and worrying about things that don't matter. You took the bait. You're a petty. A petty is when you're convinced that something is important when it's not important at all. The Yetzirah has the capability of convincing me and you, not just a 15-year-old, of convincing me and you that something is very important and he'll convince us so much that he will be able to convince us that we will work day and night, think day and night, worry day and night just to get to that thing. And all of it doesn't matter. This is the power of the Yetzirah. Says Shlomo HaMelech, my goal in this sefer is to give the gullible people in this world orma. What's orma? Orma means if you're dealing with someone who has orma, you have to have orma. If you're dealing with Laban, if you're dealing with a trickster, it says in Tehilim, I'm Aikesh Tit Akash. A guy who is crooked, 
You also have to be crooked. You can't walk straight with a crooked guy. If you want to be safe from someone crooked, you have to know how to defend yourself in a crooked way too. You have to be cunning yourself to be able to fight someone who's cunning. You have to put yourself in his head. An enemy that's tricky, you have to go into his head. You have to go into his head. Understand where his tricks are so that you could anticipate his tricks and outsmart him. Follow? I, you can't be a Tamim. Tamim is a guy, simpleton. He goes through life simple. He doesn't have any worries, doesn't have any issues, thinks everything is safe, thinks everything is great, thinks he's headed in the right place. Why not? Why shouldn't it be? It's Tamim, simple guy. He doesn't realize he has an enemy that's Arum. Says Shlomo Amelech, I'm going to arm you. If you read my Sefer, that's why we always read Sefer Mishle. We quote Pasukim from Mishle. Because Mishle is not just wisdom in the sense of, oh, right and wrong. Not only wisdom of right and wrong. It's also going to teach us Orman. It's going to teach us how to be cunning. Because if we're a petty, if we're a simple gullible person, we become the we become the meat of the Yesara. He comes and he devours us. Latet liftaim orman. Le na'ar. He says, I want to give the na'ar. Na'ar is a young boy. That means the petty is not a young boy. He says, I come to give the gullible orma and le na'ar. The na'ar is a young boy who never learned, doesn't have experience. Him, I'm going to give him da'at umzimma. That means who is the petty? The petty is not a na'ar. The, the na'ar stam is ignorant. The young ones, yeah, those are the young people. The petty are the young people here in this room. Means you're 40, you're 50, you're 60, you're 80, you're petty. Be careful. You could be gullible. If you're young, you didn't even get to the level of petty. Petty means at least you think that you understand something. And you're falling for the wrong item. That's a, it's already a level to be a petty. A na'ar doesn't even have anything to sit on, nothing to bank on. He doesn't know anything. So says Shlomo Melech, you read my sefer, why? Either you're a petty, either you're an 80-year-old gullible person, you've been taken for a ride in your life for different areas, and you've been saying, amen, amen, whatever you want, amen, Whatever he tells you, he says, of course, of course, of course that's important. How many people have you met in your life? They used to be one way and they turned around to be different people. So what happened to these people? Where they go? Not for the good. They went to a, not a good place. As there is, you're gullible. Especially you have people that came from the old country. They came from the old country 
They had one set of values. They come to a new country, all of a sudden, a new guy. It's like almost like Purim. He said, I don't understand. I remember this guy. He was 20 years old. He wasn't five. I remember him, 20-year-old. He had Yirat Shamayim. He had his values on right. He knew what to do with his time. All of a sudden, comes to America, five years later. Where, 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 where'd he go? New costume. New way of dress. What happened? What happened to the people who used to dress normally, and all of a sudden, they put on new costumes? What happened to them? What happened to them? Petty. You got sucked in. You got convinced that if you want to make it in this world, that's how you have to dress. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to talk. That's what you have to buy. Petty. Says Shlomo Melech, I'm talking to the older people who are gullible and I'm talking to the na'ar, talking to the young boy who doesn't know anything. That's why you need my book. You need to be armed with wisdom to understand how to sharpen your mind. Which means, by the way, that the Yetzirah's greatest, greatest weapon is to change. You know, we think that his greatest weapon is when he makes us have a hard time to do something. In life, sometimes you know the right thing and you, you have a hard time. You struggle with it. It's hard for you. You have a desire and you can't control yourself. You don't want to do that, but that's what we think is the, is the epitome of the Yetzirah. When we want something and we don't have the strength to get it, or we shouldn't want something and we don't have the strength to stop. That's what we think. When I tell you, do you struggle with the Yetzirah? I say, oh yeah, struggle with it. I have a hard time. I want to wake up in the morning. I can't find the strength. I want to stop going there. I can't find the strength. I want to start doing that. I can't find the strength. That's what we think. But comes Shlomo Melech and says, one second, there's something even worse than that. What's worse than that is he gets into your brain and he convinces you of things that just aren't real. It's not a struggle. There's no struggle. You woke up one morning and all of a sudden you thought that this is where I need to be and that's where I need to get. No struggles, no issues. You're not struggling, you don't fight. You feel great. You feel like you hit the jackpot. Finally, you woke up. 30 years of been living like a hamor and now you woke up, you realized what life's all about. Now you realized Hollywood is it. This is it. If you want to make it, you got to be in Hollywood. I see for 30, 40 years, you missed out. So bottom line is, says Shalom HaMelech, you need my book when you don't feel like you're struggling. If you don't feel like you have a struggle in life with your Yetzirah, you better pick this book up. Because chances are you're a petty, you're a gullible person that has aspects of his life that you are worshipping. That's why it's called Abodah Zara. What's Abodah Zara? Abodah doesn't mean idols. Abodah Zara means service, work, 
You work. We work in life. Adam le'amal yulad. Everybody here works. We're all working for some. Nobody doesn't work unless you're really a sick person. You're working. Called there's something called avoda zara. It's work that is zar. Zar means foreign. Means you're working, but there's nothing here. Imagine a guy, he's working day and night, but doesn't do anything. He's turning the wheels in the factory, and the wheels aren't connected to any machines. That's called avoda zara. He's working, there's nothing there. You think today avoda zara is gone? People say, oh, avoda zara, gone. No more avoda zara. I don't know if there's a time in history where we had avoda zara like this. The idols are no longer stones and they're no longer sheep or cows. People all day long are in avoda zara. They're going shopping and they're ripping their jeans. What is that called? You ask me, what is that called? Guy goes to the shop and he's looking for ripped jeans. What, what, what does that mean? Why is he doing that? Who would have imagined there would be a time in history? They, they would rip the jeans for you and charge you. Kiri'ah is for people avelut. When people avelut, they rip their clothes. Whoever dreamed, ask your great-grandmother, did she ever dream there would be a time that people not only would wear ripped things, but they would go looking for them. They, right? What is that called? No, it's called. You know, you're laughing. Ah, yeah, it's, ah, you just wear ripped jeans. He's not just wearing ripped jeans. He's not wearing ripped jeans. He's looking for ripped jeans. He's saying something. I want to be somebody. To be somebody, I got to wear ripped jeans. It's a very, it's a very deep thing. It's called avoda zara. You're working in your life for nothing. You're wasting your life. That's not avodah zarah. What? So many things that people do. It's avodah zarah. You're working, 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 and you're empty. There's nothing there. Says Shalom Melech, you need my book. You need my book to know your enemy. Your enemy is cunning. He's going to convince you of things that are meaningless. At best, they're meaningless. At best, they're meaningless. I'm going to come and give you Orman. I'm going to teach you the tricks of the Yitzhak so you don't fall like a petty, like a gullible guy. They're laughing at you. <laughs> Look at this guy, Hazid. A guy with wisdom looks at a guy with ribbed jeans. Hazid, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you running after? What are you trying to achieve? You're wasting your life and you're in pain for nothing, for zero. At least you work, work for something. This is a tremendous pasuk in Mishle to give you a perspective of where we are in life. We're either ignorant because we're young or we're petty and we're gullible. Says Shalom Melech, I need to come and teach you so you are aware. Tomorrow, Be'ezat Hashem, we're going to go over some of the cunning tricks of the Yetzirah. The Havot Levavot dedicated pages on all the different examples. Because after all this, I'm still worried that we don't know what, what, what we're talking about. So the Havot Levavot says, I'm going to give you step by step 
Here's one trick. Here's another trick. Okay, gentlemen. Have a great day.